let me know when you're recording, Derek. It has been recording for 10 minutes. <laughs> Shock. How dare you? Listen in <laughs> on my personal conversations. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast illustrating the inspiring abilities of insects. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Before we get started creating this bug-themed character, what is bugging you, Kelly? Oh, it's hot. I'm sure it's hotter in other places than it is here in New Jersey, but I don't like it. I'm like a, I'm a big wimp when it comes to being hot. I, I did some, I worked in an oil spill cleanup a few years ago. Oh God, many years ago now. And um, on the Kalamazoo River in Michigan, and it was like a, it was a hundred degrees, super high humidity, Ugh. and it's me and like two hundred dudes. There were no women, uh, and nowhere oh, to man. go to the bathroom. <laughs> we're on a twelve foot island, twelve to twenty four foot island, no restrooms, and I got such horrible heat stress that uh, they had to medic boat me back. Um, and ever since then, I can't handle anything above no, eighty I don't degrees. <laughs> That's terrible. That quadrant of the United States, it has the hottest hats and the lowest lows, right? It's like, it's four foot of snow and it's a hundred degrees in the summer. It's That's crazy. All that part. Yeah. It's nuts to me being from the Pacific Northwest and the Portland area in specific. It's like such a temperate zone. I think they call it like, even they even refer to it as like a temporal rainforest or a temperate mm, rainforest. Like that. Nice. And, uh, Portland can't handle it. It gets hot and people are like, ah, it's hot. It gets cold. People are like, ah, it's cold. It's like a real baby bear situation where it can only be between these I, degrees or the people freak out. I thought it got really cold in Portland in the winter. No. Oh, no. It's oh. it's been rare that it snows here. Like snow days here are three flurries in the air and like, it's going to snow. We got to send the children home. The children can't handle the snow. Meanwhile, you know, there's kids in Minnesota that are like, the snow's higher than their heads. And here they are trucking on uphill both ways. They don't care. I didn't realize it was so temperate. Yeah, we're pretty good about snow here in New Jersey. We get quite a bit. So school never closes unless it's, unless it's really big. But I do have a small fan on me right now, so if you guys can hear it in the background, I'm sorry, but I'm melting. I'm currently melting. Oh, what's sorry about what, it. What's, uh, <laughs> what's bugging you, Amanda? Is it also what's the heat? Bugging me? I mean, other than the heat, ah, the heat's bad. Uh, I've heard, and I apologize for bringing up your specialty area, but it sounds like the mosquitoes are going nuts in this heat. <laughs> oh, they're very happy. The mosquitoes are happy, happy, buzzy babies. At the moment. <laughs> Happy fuzzy babies. That's the cutest <laughs> reference I've ever heard to mosquito. We will, of course, have to have a mosquito episode pretty soon because it is what your specialty subject is. If you were on Jeopardy, your specialty subject would be mosquitoes. <laughs> it would be mosquitoes. I just, I left a big, uh, what I call a love letter to mosquitoes on a comment on Reddit yesterday. And um, people were surprisingly kind. I thought for sure they were going to be like, you're a monster. You're insane. How dare you? How dare you advocate for this little blood sucking feed? Don't defend them, but um, I won't do any spoilers. I mean, if you find me on Reddit, you can look at the, feel free to look at a comment, but um, <laughs> we will have a mosquito episode and I will tell you a little bit about why they're great. All right. <laughs> and, but also terrible. They're also terrible. I'm not a, I'm not a full apologist. <laughs> This is, of course, a good time to plug that if you're a Reddit user, we do have a Reddit 
uh, what's it called? A subreddit shows we how do. literate I am in <laughs> Reddit, a subreddit where you can, uh, comment, send questions, talk to us. We're there. Yeah. Yeah. It, our, our bugs need heroes. Come, come hang out with us in the subreddit or I mean, really in our Instagram to check out Amanda's images. Amanda's <laughs> beautiful artwork. Again, I think we have all, all the socials that matter minus Facebook because Facebook is bad. I'm not going to, I'm not doing Facebook. (laughs) I don't want to moderate a Facebook. So that's where we are. (laughs) No. I just see too many, too many Facebook conversations just dissolve into madness. (laughs) Uh, It's just a platform. It's a platform I don't particularly care for, but um, anyway, anyway, (laughs) this week's episode. (laughs) So we're, we're talking about dragonflies and damselflies, which most folks will be happy to hear eat mosquitoes. Oh. <laughs> the predator of your friend the enemy of your enemy <laughs> so damselflies and dragonflies are they that different from each other that they warrant two different names because that's always my first question <laughs> or, like is the sexual dimorphism between these two adults so great that they need separate names or is it just fun to say damselflies and dragonflies oh no they're they're very different oh really um they're from the same order which is odonata and um, that refers to their, their, they have toothed mouth parts, which is kind of neat. Yeah, I always assumed they were the boy and the girl. Am I wrong about that? Oh, did you, you, you assume the dragon, wait. I always thought that the <laughs> Amanda, Amanda has stumped me with this question. <laughs> I always, I always thought that they were boys and girls. Am, have, am I a crazy person? And that's not the case at all? Listen, you're laughing at me, but I always thought that was the case. Listeners, I'm covering my face with my hands because I can't uh, I can't believe this question. <laughs> I love it. I, I love this. Um, oh, uh, no, no, they're, they're very they're different bugs. organisms. Yes. Oh, man, here come the bug people for me. They're going to be like, this idiot thinks she could be on a podcast about bugs. First, she thinks caterpillars don't become moths. And now she thinks damselflies and dragonflies are two different. Oh. Or there's boys and girls. Listeners, just, don't add Amanda, please. Don't add me. Don't add me. That's, I started episode one with, I don't know much about bugs. And I want to get back to a place where I know more about animals. Well, you're learning. We're, we're here to learn. And I'm I'm constantly learning, too. I don't know everything about everything. If it's not a charismatic megafauna, I do not know about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good usage of the word megafauna. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I learned, ironically, on uh, Facebook. <laughs> so, so let's, let's, oh boy, let's dive in to dragonflies yeah, and damselflies. Start with um, that. The very basics. What is a damselfly, especially in comparison to a dragonfly? To a dragonfly. So... They, while they do belong to the same order, and I know before we were doing generally looking at families or even genera, but um, they belong to two different suborders. So they are not even the same genus. They are very <laughs> separated animals. Um, so when you, so what can you, Amanda? What can you tell me about a dragonfly and a damselfly? What do they look like to you? Well, I, I guess I've been imagining dragonflies this whole time with the like perpendicular to their body wings Mm -hmm. like a double set of wings uh they hang out around water they're i i guess i've always thought of them as kind of like a helicopter bug that they can kind of go (laughs) up down this way that way yeah yeah i guess bugs. 
and knowing that I <laughs> did not realize Damselfly was a separate thing. Uh, which I which one did know. you think was the boy and which one did you think was the The girl? boy was the dragonfly. Was the big the, one? W- with the big, the big boy. <laughs> and uh, I guess, uh, I mean, damsel inspires a feminine, a feminine. sort of reaction. This is, we're back to like the ladybug discussion. Well, they're, they're, they come in two sexes. They come sexes, in two sexes. Sexes, yeah. your genetic, your genetic, um, uh, the the bugs don't typically have a assumption about gender. <laughs> no, no, Gen- gender is a, is a separate yeah. discussion. <laughs> okay, um, but um, yeah. So, well, it's funny that you think that the big chunky one is the male because most of the time in insects, the female is the larger, the larger of the two sexes. Right. So they are quite different, and not just in the chunk factor, that the dragonflies are bigger. Their wings cannot fold behind their back. Amanda mm-hmm. can see me. I'm doing, like, wing motions with my arms. Yeah. Damselflies can fold their wings all the way back along their abdomen. They also have different wing sizes. So dragonflies have two differently sized wings, which makes them uh, faster and a little more a little more aerodynamic. So dragonflies are large. They have thick bodies. Their wings do not fold along the abdomen like damselflies do. Damselflies are long and slender, and their wings do fold up in the back. Uh, there, there's also, and those are adults I'm talking about. They both have little tiny antennae. I think people generally think dragonflies don't have antennae, but they do. They're just small. They're generally iridescent. Both types are iridescent. Uh, and we talked about iridescence in the Emerald Ash Borer episode, right, with the ridging. Right. That causes different colors. And their, their mouths are made for chomping. Their mouth parts are toothed. It's called a, a labium, or labrum, rather. The labrum is like the upper lip of the of the insect. You can think of it that way. And a little bit like alien, they can push it out forward. Oh, no. And, and like hold on to, to their, their prey with it. Um, it's even more pronounced in the their larvae. Their larvae can like really shoot them out. It's pretty crazy looking. I guess looking at these two pictures of the damsel and the dragon next to each other, I just never realized that like the wing position wasn't something that the dragonfly could do. And so I just thought they were mm. resting in different positions. Looking yeah, at it now, I can see. Completely incapable. Oh, okay. They can't yeah. hold their wings back. It's not their, it's, it's their like muscle that. attachments don't allow for it. It's kind of like that, how the butterfly sits on a plant versus how a moth sits on a plant. The moth typically has them back and the butterfly has them like up or open. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just that's, I, that's a pretty good comparison. I just, I just think I literally never noticed <laughs> that, that one <laughs> held them one way and one held them another. And so yeah, in my right. mind, basic shape, general form and shape, they were both dragonflies to me. Well, that's, that's why we're here, right? We're here to, yeah, to educate to my pleb. <laughs> my plebness. You and, and me, when I, when I make notes for these, these uh, episodes, I sometimes learn a little bit extra that I wasn't aware of coming into it. But not, not with the mosquitoes when we do that episode. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be just flying from the hip on that one. Well, let's just be hip, hip shots for that one. So those are the, the difference between the adult forms. Have you ever seen a, a larva or a, the nymphal form? I have. And this is going to get back to so many of these. I'm, we're revealing so much about how I haven't thought about <laughs> bugs since I was 10. <laughs> but uh, as kids, we had several videos of eyewitness. I don't know if anyone remembers eyewitness. And it's totally slamming open and song. Do, 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 do. 
oh i remember the that. people who know remember the we'll song know. yeah yeah but we had the bug video and they had a whole section on the nymphs and that where it like is the predator of the deep and it comes <laughs> for stuff and it, it and like you said the the mouth parts like protruding from its face so it could really eat its stuff i remember that specifically they're very cool looking they eat uh they eat everything um everything that they can catch tadpoles small fish mosquito larvae beetle larvae they'll eat each other they don't care they're hungry so how how big are they a tadpole can be pretty hardy um about like an inch or so oh, they can be pretty chunk pretty chunky and they and they look different so the dragonfly larvae is a little bit thicker than a damselfly larvae and their gills so they have gills because they're aquatic are located inside the abdomen but if you look at a damselfly larvae they have like a three-pronged gill that sticks out the back end of their abdomen so super easy to tell the difference between the two and they don't look dainty i know adult damselflies <laughs> look dainty the larvae do not they're in there living their their larva life which as we've discussed the larva is he's <laughs> after one thing and it is to get chunky it is it's their one goal so the gill on the back the gill on the back do they stick that I, do they breathe air well they're pulling oxygen in through the through the oh. water just like fish gills okay so they're not like using that last one as like a snorkel or anything <laughs> no 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 um which which is something mosquitoes do they actually use a, a siphon but um the oh so i think because our our two our two groups here are so different are we gonna have double double heroes i think we gotta i think we gotta follow the form of the bug heroes that exist in the public consciousness of the ant-man is he thought ant-man or is he just ant-man <laughs> it's just ant-man <laughs> right right isn't it just ant-man and the wasp for the uh, yeah she's the wasp and he's just Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Because he's just there's Paul a bunch Red. of debate about Spider-Man, whether he's Spider-Man or the Spider-Man as well, I believe. Or with or without a hyphen for Spider-Man? With or without a hyphen. I always read it with a hyphen. It's always with a hyphen. Is it always with always a hyphen? Always a hyphen. Yeah. He is a spider hyphen man. Because <laughs> I've seen I've seen people write it without the hyphen, but they're wrong. Well, they are wrong. They are and wrong. They are... Good. Good. <laughs> Screw them. Screw them and they're incorrect. <laughs> Who do they think they are? Thinking damselflies and dragonflies are the same animal. Idiots! <laughs> Who thinks like that? They're obviously very different. Obviously. A Spider-Man and a Spider-Man are two separate things. <laughs> the, uh... uh <laughs> sorry. I derailed us with my, with my, mad, my madness. No, no, it's fine. Um, and, and that, that, uh aquatic that aquatic life cycle can last for two years most of the time it's two years just remember remember like our friend the woolly bear where you just want to stay and get as chunked up as possible yeah for however as long as possible so it takes about two years to become an adult sometimes five years it, it really depends so they're um, fully or... aquatic for a big chunk of their life oh yeah yeah mm. um i think there are some that are they can wrap it up in three months so it, oh. <laughs> it it depends on the location, the water temperature, food availability. There's a lot of factors that go into when it's time to become an adult. Just like when you're a teenager. Where, where's all my food? Give it to me. Um, 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 um. <laughs> that brings an interesting question that, that I was fascinated by on our subreddit. Where, you know, here's this guy hanging out in the pond for up to five years. And then he's an adult for not nearly as long. And uh, Zebedee on our subreddit says 
we think of moths and butterflies as being the animal and everything else being subordinate to that. But wouldn't it be more accurate to think of the animal as a caterpillar with a mating phase? And I think that's true, like you said, of, of a lot of bugs is that they spend a lot of time as their young, quote unquote, form. But we still refer to them as that final form. Why are we so obsessed with the final form? <laughs> we're, like, we're, we're interested in the end point. What is the end of this? Of this uh, what is the final cycle section of this animal um and generally for for me anyway when i'm thinking about this is that that final stage is far easier to identify oh that's than, an interesting point yeah than the than the larval stage especially for i mean maybe not for caterpillars we think about certain caterpillars are very easy to identify they're brightly colored they have specific patterns they have protrusions but when we think of maybe uh, beetle larvae, for instance, beetle larvae just look like white grubby grubs. Right. And it's much easier to tell what I'm looking at when it's an adult. Um, same thing for for uh, the dragonfly and the damselfly. Their larvae, you can tell them apart, but they're not easily told apart at that stage. It's much simpler to look at adults. Um, mosquitoes, too. I, you can key out mosquito larvae, but it's far easier to look at an adult. So that, that might be kind of part of it. They're, they're flashy. The adults are flashy and nice to look at for most organisms. I would say I'm a lot more likely to run into a dragonfly than a baby dragonfly. I think they're called nymphs or something like that. I, I just, I'm just i more likely to see a dragonfly than I am ever to see the little guy swimming in the pond. Because I don't spend a lot of time with ponds, but I do spend time just walking around. And then, whoa, there goes dragonfly. You're right. Um, although uh, I see... Producer Derek brought up a good, uh, a good question about economics in in, in these animals, and, and I think about the silk, the silkworm, particularly. I know Derek just typed in, was it tomato hornworm moth? When we think about them as organisms that affect humans, we do talk about their larval stage. Oh, so we talk about silkworms, we talk about the tomato hornworm caterpillar, which which eats our tomato plants. Uh, then we we tend to focus on that larval stage. Everything classic is in relation humans. to we, humans. <laughs> I was going to say classic humans, <laughs> centering our own experience. How dare you? It's anthropocentric, whether we want it to be or not. It's just how we function, right? Well, you know, as an anthropo myself. One of my favorite anthropos, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I live to Poe. (laughs) So so they're a nymph. They're just Mm -hmm. eating away, eating anything that crosses their path. Is there anything else that they're doing down there that I should know about? What are are those mystery (laughs) nymphs up to? (laughs) Oh, they are a little mysterious. Uh kind of cool thing about nymphs, and this is this is the the first the first animal that we're that we're we're talking about. Um, and I'll, I'll probably consistently refer to them as animals instead of trying to discuss whether we're parsing out insects versus arthropod versus arachnid, right? Right. Insects are animals. They're all animals. I'll just keep saying they're all them. They're all little dudes. Yeah. <laughs> B- bugs, I guess. So they have an what we call an incomplete life cycle. Uh, they do not pupate. They have, I think it's about 15... 15 stages or so, depending on species, of being a nymph. Mm-hmm. So they just keep shedding or molting that, that exoskeleton to become eventually an adult. No pupil stage. So they're not, they're not gooping like our caterpillar friends. So they're more like a tadpole in that 
they slowly shift into their adult form rather yeah. than go yeah, out a, and become. That's a good comparison, adult. Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. It, yeah. it makes me think that maybe there's something about the water element to that. But do, they, do you find that the ones who have an incomplete ones are mostly aquatic mm. or is it just no random? no because we have um aquatic beetles oh and, and, they, and do they do pupate pupate yeah mm. uh, beetles go through complete metamorphosis so there are other um grasshoppers and crickets have incomplete metamorphosis and they're fully terrestrial oh interesting i'm sure we'll cover yeah you say that I, yeah grasshoppers just become grasshoppers uh cockroaches too so so 15 times he ditches his jacket and he's a little bit a little, different. A little bigger each time. Yeah, he's a little bit different every time he comes out. They're down there. They're swimming. They're hunting. And, and this always makes me laugh. And and for the listeners, I hope you do look for this on YouTube. Um, they they can pull when threatened. They'll pull water into their bodies. And then they shoot it out the back of their abdomen. Oh. <laughs> they're a like little, little, uh, little jet reverse skis. bidet action. Yeah. <laughs> And do they shoot it at the predator, or are they just shooting it to get away? Just away. And this is a um, jet propulsion, a dragonfly, specifically a dragonfly quality. Mm. But um, it's it's very funny to watch if you (laughs) check it out on on YouTube. I wish I had my own video of this. I guess that's the next step. We get cameras and we start trying to get our own (laughs) videos. (laughs) We start adventuring out into the field. I don't know if you have this out in New Jersey, but in Oregon, we have a TV show called Oregon Field Guide. And it's essentially that. It's essentially this week we're going to cover something that's happening in Oregon. And it's just people out there doing their thing. Doing things. That sounds great. We we have like PBS. We have New Jersey. Yeah, PBS it was a, it's a PBS show. I think it's an OPB show, which is the OPB. Oregon public ours, I think ours is NJPBS or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but you can look in your, look in a pond. Look anywhere there's there's kind of standing water, you'll find them. You can also populate your your ponds with them if you have like a pond uh, in your you know in your yard or something. But make sure they're native. Please don't please don't put anything non-native in your yard. Always make sure any <laughs> biological control you want to use is native for your area. I'm also a big proponent for planting native plants in your yard instead of ornamental nonsense. From- <laughs> uh, yeah, there's tons of lists out there of like. Plants that help bees, plants mm-hmm. that help whatever. So if you're conscientious of what's in your yard, please go find those flowers and plant those specifically. Yeah, only use native species. So when they're when they're ready, when they're done jetting around and chomping, uh, and it's time for them to become adults, they'll start to hang out towards the top of the water and they can breathe air. They're, they're shifting their bodies so they can breathe air at that point. And then either they crawl up onto the substrate around the pond or they crawl up vegetation and then they're they can start pushing their the metamorphosis is very neat so a, a split will form right down the center of your nymph and then they'll start pushing the wings out first and that the center part of their their body is the thorax and then eventually they'll pull themselves all the way out they have to pump hemolymph so we remember what hemolymph was from the ladybug episode. Yes, <laughs> the, the little bug blood that's not quite the same as our blood, our human blood, our not po quite blood, the as same. it were. Our anthro, anthro <laughs> blood, <laughs> and uh, they pump all that through their limbs, and it helps. It fills everything. It spreads the wings. It gives the wings structure and shape. Uh, and they need to rest after that because it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting to do that in about an maybe an hour to. 
a couple days depending on the species before they're ready to to like get out into the world as an adult. It's very cool. In the summertime, you can see them along the edge of the pond, the the empty exuvia. Exuvia is just our fancy word for their exoskeleton. They're empty yeah. exoskeleton. <laughs> There's always fancy words for these things. We, we like our vocabulary in science. <laughs> we like our jargon. Well, how else are you going to keep the plebs out? How else are you going to keep those plebs from knowing what you're talking about? Got to keep that glass ceiling in place. <laughs> <laughs> the glass ceiling between me, an intellectual, and you... <laughs> A moron. <laughs> oh, Amanda, I would never call you a moron. <laughs> uh, your laughter did plenty to make me feel. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Uh, I, I love it. I, that that wonder that 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 means everything is exciting because I'm like a I'm a shriveled old raisin because I know. I know, you know so too much. much. You've yeah. seen too much. <laughs> I love talking to people who don't know too much about the topics that I know because then I get to experience the joy. Like you've got the that joy, joy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not to Jeez, sound too. I, I feel no actual offense at you laughing at me. That's why. That's the feel free. I I do not take offense at you saying, "Amanda, you absolute fool. You fool." <laughs> How dare you? How dare uh, you? Um. Yeah, so then they're then they're they're adults. I'm trying to think about what we want to talk about. Oh, I guess so. This is a a safe for children podcast, but I will mention briefly mating. Yes, not in not in depth because there's, <laughs> there there's some interesting um, things about dragonfly mating that feel free to Google, but I'm not going to talk about it here. Or you know what, you can go to the subreddit and ask me. And I'll give you a, a more in-depth, or you can email me, that's fine too, a more in-depth discussion about particularly interesting parts of dragonfly mating. So I'm sure you've seen two dragonflies stuck together when they're flying around. I have. I've seen them. Uh, I, don't to, I don't want to use the phrase tip to tip. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have seen them kind of tail to tail, seemingly stuck together as they sit on like a... I don't know, a reed by the pond, as it were. Right. And that's that's how they, that's how they, for lack of more description, that is their mating pose. Mm. And and males will also guard the females once mating is done because they don't want other males coming in taking their ladies. You know, fr- pretty frequent Always. Among, among animals. <laughs> yeah. Among humans and damselflies alike. And when they're, when she's ready, the female will deposit or oviposit eggs. What's kind of cool is um, there's two two types of what we call oviposition. Um, do I want to... I'm thinking about jargon. Do I want a jargon? Well, jargon. When females are ovipositing their eggs, they're either endophytic or exophytic. Endophytic is deposition within plants, endo in, phyto, plant. And then exophytic is not, basically not in a plant. Just out in the open. Out in the open. Free and in the breeze. They put them, the ones that aren't deposited into plants are covered in sort of like a like a jelly. And then they either float them on the water. And you'll see, uh, there's a video that I that I did share from YouTube of a, a female chunky dragonfly depositing eggs directly into the water. And you'll see them take their long abdomens and kind of boop them repeatedly into the top of the water. Gently placed. Gently placing. Uh, and this one was actually walking backwards to do that. 
That reminds me of a common myth on the internet that I see all the time that dragonflies can't walk. Uh, they can walk. They don't like to walk. Those those little leggies aren't just for show. <laughs> no, they're well when you think about a dragonfly, their legs are basket shaped, right? And that's for mm-hmm. catching prey and that's for gripping vegetation. I keep making hand motions and I'm sorry no one can see me but Amanda and Derek <laughs> to describe how this works. Um, but they, they can walk. They're just not very good at it. So their their legs are more like like a claw machine that you see where yeah. <laughs> so they they can scuttle about on them, but it's it's not elegant. It's not great, yeah. Not the elegant like the damselfly. Okay. Yeah. The damselfly also can walk yeah. if it wants to. They just don't like it. So they will gently oviposit into the water, or for for those who deposit inside vegetation, they have kind of these knife like ends to them, which can't hurt us. They're not they can't sting, they don't bite. Dragonflies and damselflies are nice. They're nice. Um, They're nice. But they kind of stab the uh, vegetation and insert the eggs that way. So there's a few different options. And then damselflies in particular, not all of them. There's a particular group that will do this. While the male and female are still connected, they will dive bomb into the water. The female will become fully submerged. Then she will lay her eggs. And she has to rely on the male to fly and pull her butt out of that water. <laughs> a real trust exercise happening between these these little bugs. Okay, I'm going to let you do this, but you have to pull me out at the end. Oh, I will, babe. Don't worry. I will. <laughs> I, like, I like your, your male sounded like he was from Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would know better than me. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what kind of reputation Staten Island has for, for bombing their ladies into the, the water, but... I mean, you got to keep it fresh. That's all I got to say. Yeah, you got to spice the relationship You got to spice it up a little now bit. then. <laughs> but it's, it's very cool. Um, I love, I love uh, these two groups. I love to watch them fly. Uh, I love the, the fighting that happens. Males will fight each other. So. Oh, they're doing midair battles with one another. Oh, it's crazy. See, um, that I'd like to see. <laughs> and they, they can do this because their wings, their wings are all... Um, inter what's the word their wings can move independently that's why they can hover they can move forward they can fly backwards which we don't see in and that's all all four of their little wings can all independent movement ah so they are more helicopter like even than i knew they can't do little swirlies that's not a oh disagree (laughs) no swirl i think they just haven't had the right motivation to do little swirlies perhaps they just need I think they just need a pep talk from Amanda. To they get- just, look, I'm going to get that Ant-Man helmet, but dragonflies. <laughs> I'm going to tell, look guys, what you really need to do is do little swirlies. They're, oh, they're so cool. Um, they're so neat that we've, we've, uh, engineers have designed lots of robots based on the flight of dragon and damselflies. Actually in the 1970s, this, the CIA created this little, basically flying dragonfly probe and it was to spy on people it was gas powered gas powered yes, it's, it's, it's so tiny it's it's this tiny little gas powered thing How if you look it up there's a tiny dragonfly i know it feels like it's five six feet it'd be done well they what's great is that they they designed it to just crash land into objects they they couldn't figure out how to make it gentle gentle land so they would use it. They well, they wanted to use it. It was never actually put into real use that we know of, and it was guided by like a laser system. I can't wait to hear what the CIA is up 
to now with like current technology because <laughs> you this, hear all this the was the 70s like, what they were up to in the 70s the like, 70s were a time though what were the 70s up to i mean lots well, lots the 70s are up to lots the 70s are up to some <laughs> shady things those 70s oh i think i think for a drawing amanda Maybe they should have a little robot dragonfly that follows them around. Oh, yeah. Give them a little drone. Yeah. Little drone. Okay, yeah. Here we go. Because I'm right. sure our, our heroes would have better technology than 1970 CIA. <laughs> it helped. It helped. Maybe. You never know. Or, or current. We Currently, we're still creating interesting dragonfly-like robots. Little did I know that there was a whole secret world of like dragonfly enhancement. All these cyborg <laughs> robot dragonflies. It's It's a lot. Um, and, and dragonflies are really popular. I don't know if it's just growing up down the shore, but the amount of dragonfly tattoos that I saw. Oh, really? As, as a younger woman, yeah. Your dragonfly tattoos is to our our Pacific Northwest tree tattoo because we get trees here. It's all oh. trees and mountains. All trees all the time. Yeah. There's so <laughs> that's interesting because we don't have that here. We don't have dragonflies here. We have trees. Oh, it's- yeah, it's, it's neat how things uh, change regionally. But there were really, in, in some cultures in like Japan and China, dragonflies are good luck. They're seen as part of the spirit world. They're, they're very, they bring in rich rice harvests. It's, I love the folklore for this kind of thing. Um, but in Europe, they're evil. <laughs> they're oh, called, no! <laughs> they're called the devil's needle. The devil's needle. Oh, man. I've, I've said before, the, the naming conventions of all these, the colloquial <laughs> names for these bugs is my favorite part. The uh, devil's in, needle. In Denmark, they're the devil's horse, which is kind of cool. The and it's, teeny in, tiny devils <laughs> riding around on little dragonflies. I don't know what devil's riding that dragonfly, but it's a thing. And in Sweden, they're... Uh, well, he's obviously spying on you. As a goblin <laughs> fly. <laughs> riding in with the CIA. Um, so depending on what culture you're from, dragonflies can either be a really like exciting thing to see or a really bad omen. Several indigenous tribes in North America also use them on their pottery. I think the Hopi, the Hopi were one, and the um, Zuni. Uh, I think they're in maybe Colorado. I'm not not as good with my indigenous knowledge, but I love them. I love to see a dragonfly. I don't subscribe to their devil their devilry. <laughs> no, no, we're we're. We're pro fly here. We we want the rice harvest. Good luck. We don't want that uh, <laughs> tiny devil spying on us, whispering our sins to the devil himself. <laughs> are you? So I'm looking at you now. Are you drawing? Are you? Are oh drawing yes, yes, yes. Heroes? So I've drawn two of them. I've got the dragonfly. I'm gonna fall into stereotype here, but I, I gotta make the damsel fly the lady, the lady, because I thought she was a lady. Uh, I've got the two drones here. I've given the, I'm, I'm working on their helmets right now. I've gone for kind of that flight suit, big helmet because they kind of mm. have these big heads they as a dragonfly yeah. with and big with eyes, almost all eye on this head. So for dragonflies, so, their eyes touch, which might be a uh-huh. thing to consider while you're drawing, maybe, I don't know, goggles or something. Yeah. Uh, and with damselflies, the eyes don't meet in the center. So she, she's oh, got a little more room there, but they are mostly eye. They can see um, in every direction except directly behind them. They have excellent, excellent visual coverage. It's very cool. I keep saying it's very cool, but I just love dragonflies. <laughs> they're uh, they're fun, and it's nice to talk about a bug that I don't hate, like the emerald ashbore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned in Japan and in Denmark. I think you said Denmark. 
are, so are these guys just everywhere across the world? There's no indigenous yeah, race. They're, co- like... they're pretty cosmopolitan. They're, they're not in Antarctica. Well, who is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bears. They're not in that Antarctica. That much I know for the sure. Woolly, the woolly bears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was dead bears. woolly bears. <laughs> They've got a, a, a monopoly on hanging out in the Antarctic. Yeah. Just well, them we, and those penguins. We used to have... Um, I'm gonna have to cut that. Ugh, I don't live in Antarctica. <laughs> well, we said that they could get really, really cold. You said Antarctic. Oh, I meant the Arctic. Well, you meant the Arctic. Arctic. Yeah, yeah. Because I said Antarctic. Because we, we get excited. <laughs> we forget, <laughs> we forget where the bears are versus where the bears are. <laughs> I take Amanda's Amanda's lead with the excitement and forget what I forget what continent I'm talking about. Just, Fair just enough. cut cut it out, Derek. Just save us. That's what you're here for. Um, safe. <laughs> Arctic. Um, anyway, so dragonflies are, dragonflies and damselflies are pretty cosmopolitan. They're just about everywhere but the Antarctic. But we used to have huge dragonfly-like animals. Um, they're technically not, they're not part of order Odonata. They're not the same thing. They're their own order. I think that might be somewhat newish. So taxonomy is weird. And constantly changing. So the really big ones are from order Megan- Meganisoptera. And they had a wingspan of 28 inches. Oh, so these are, we're talking like prehistoric big here. Prehistoric, yeah. Where like you'll, you'll see those animals. You'll see those posters of dinosaur oh, art. It's always on the dinosaur huge poster. Bugs. It's always on the dinosaur poster. <laughs> well, I was a dinosaur kid. So let me, me tell too. you about the amount of giant dragonflies I've seen in my lifetime. <laughs> so they were just huge dudes 28 that's two feet two nearly two and a quarter very big yes very very big Um, i don't want that coming at me that's gonna spy on me for sure (laughs) that one you would at least notice (laughs) i might notice him droning past notice a large 28 inch drone coming by in the shape of a of a dragonfly and that was because i'm sure everyone has heard this explanation a million times but it's the Likely due to the high levels of oxygen in right. the atmosphere. That they just so had the ability to get that big. They could get that big. We had big spiders back then. We had big, big boy everything. <laughs> Must have been so neat. Can you can you picture that? Being around a 28-inch uh, wingspan dragonfly? I can't. I could picture myself running away from a 28-inch dragonfly. <laughs> coming at me with its mouth that pushes out of its own face. No thanks. It's toothed mandibles. Tooth, <laughs> anything with a tooth mandible doesn't need to be uh, very close to me, if I'm honest. How is your uh, how's your drawing coming? So I've decided to give the dragonfly kind of a, a robot body oh. to reference his cyborg uh, uses. I like that. But I'm, I'm trying very hard not to make him just look like Iron Man with a flight suit head, uh, head on. <laughs> let's that's let's very be uh, aware of copyright. And yeah, not- yes, always. <laughs> I always am. It's it's a whole class at art school. They're like, now look out. What oh, counts? Really? <laughs> I mean, it's mentioned a lot. It is mentioned a lot. Especially with our current climate of like, where does fan art begin and mm. copyright infringement? And yeah. like, you and as a company, right? This is kind of a, a, you want fans to engage in your stuff, which means you want them to do things like create OCs based off of your stuff. Mm-hmm. But you don't want them to be your direct competitor. So you don't want them to sell things with your stuff on it because that's money you're not making. 
So, so there's a pretty fine, and I hear Disney is pretty harsh. Disney's very harsh like, about it. This is going to delve a little bit into my personal stuff. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who have visited my Instagram, you'll know that I draw a lot of Disney stuff. So this is something I'm very aware of. Disney will generally accept the goodwill of people drawing Disney stuff because they want you to engage in it. But the minute you put anything on a t-shirt, they're up your nose about it because they sell t-shirts. Oh, okay. They don't typically sell a lot of customized commission work. So they generally will leave those people alone. That's me. They generally will leave me alone. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. And if you're making some sort of commentary, you know, uh, one of the popular Disney things to do is to draw Disney characters in historical dress that's more accurate to the time period they're from that's a whole thing and in general i have not done that you think i would given how much i talk about yeah, historical dress on historical this podcast dressing. yeah <laughs> uh i haven't just because it's it's a really popular sort of thing and sometimes there's kind of this oh well someone already did that you know oh someone already did it better than i would have done it so i want to do it you know uh, which is a, a mindset I try to break out of whenever I can, because like people love the same things over and over again. Look at action movies, look at yeah romance. It, people like those tropes for a reason, and you should you should never you should capitalize on that. Yeah, I mean, how many? This is for a very specific audience, but how many coffee shop <laughs> AUs have you read and loved every single one? So by all means, do as many historical dress Disney characters as you want. I've done Disney characters as D and D characters, but that was for a private commission. So, oh, that sounds really fun, though. It, it sounds it very cute. Very fun. Damsels and dragonflies, D and D. So Disney will generally leave you alone with those private commercial private. Hold on, Derek's typing at me. Make them D and D right now. Okay. Uh, so, oh, the, we well, haven't had any D and D esque heroes. That makes yet. me want to switch them from. Oh, it makes me want to switch them from cyborgs into into D stuff but what would they be would they be rogues would they be thieves make it armor okay there we go i i want to say that dragonfly because he spies on you he's actually a rogue he's a no good rogue i like her i like a rogue um would they both be rogues hmm. well if they're a team up you, you need to complement each other's yeah if any any party builder knows you gotta switch up everybody's abilities a rogue and a ranger yeah that makes sense i think that would work well, I'm excited for our first D and D base. Yeah, our heroes. first n- not that that usual Marvel brand we've been doing. Well, I don't know our our comic brand, general comic brand, doing. yeah, general comicness. But I mean, let's face it, we know who's winning. I used to um, I used to DM a uh, a D and D game a long time ago, and then my friends all had children, and that bro, <laughs> it became impossible. The song I already know. <laughs> impossible to meet up as much as i i miss it uh i will say one thing for quarantine has has made the the digital meetup for D really take off so mm-hmm. there's a lot more platform like add-ons for that sort of stuff that has been fun okay so how do we want to address his eyes i gave him these goggles before we'll have to give him a different kind of they could just be like steampunky yeah okay yeah yeah okay i still gotta make them big boop, boop, boop. Gotta put those useless screws on because that's what steampunk's all about. <laughs> screws that do nothing. Screws that, that are purely aesthetic. Take your time. Take your time. It's not a big deal. I'm gonna give him that little dorky flat cap that a lot of Renaissance paintings have. Because that's my favorite <laughs> one. Oh, I like the flat cap. 
do I need to ditch the wings now that they're a little bit more D and D based, or just call it a spell? Um, yeah, can you can you draw them to look like a spell? Yeah, probably. You know where they're they're some, like a with some color kind of. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So when I see them, it seems like they're just zipping by. How fast are they really moving? Uh, well, well, some species can get up to about 25, 30 miles an hour. They're they're pretty Whoa, fast. So they're going like too fast for a school zone. Yeah. These guys. But their their cruising speed is probably closer to five to seven. It's you know not a they're not zipping the whole time. Right, that's their sprinting speed. They're it's not. The they're not speed, Usain yeah. bolting it just like <laughs> through their life. <laughs> and so, are they solitary animals or do they hang out together? I feel like I see a lot of them when I'm at a pond, but they they come that, I just figured they're near the pond. Yeah, they come together like most. Um, they're they're not colonial, so they're not like bees. They don't live together, um, but they do come around each other when it's time to mate. And uh, yeah, that's really about it. It's just for mating. Uh, I feel like these guys are just kind of basic. I need something to make them more dragonfly versus just dudes. Um, they could have uh, shoulder like shoulder coverings that are scaled. Like a dragon? Scale. Okay. I was like, I had dre- I had um coverings on them, but I will scale you them. Scale them and make them an iridescent color, maybe. Although I don't think rogues want to be iridescent, but Okay. I'm gonna add some dark uh, lines to this so you guys can see where what's actually happening versus what my <laughs> crazy lines are. Try to be fast while also being relatively clean. Ugh. Yeah, it's okay. I'm gonna give her a knife. A knife? That's not because she stabs things. She stabs plants. Sorry, it's taking so long. I'm trying to two of them this time. It takes no, a little bit longer. No problem. Are you giving them any uh, aquatic things, Amanda? Like a snorkel or something? I haven't, but I can. Are they teenagers? Have they not reached their adulthood? <laughs> <laughs> they're halfway through. They're, they're still snorkeling, but they their wings are coming in. Scarves are such a cliche of flight, and yet they look so good. All right, let me add these little... What color should I use for magic? Probably bright blue? Yeah, bright blue sounds good. What color are, the, what color are they? They're blue, green? Um, so they have base colors of like red, brown, uh, black. But their iridescence can be anything. Usually you see them as blues, blue and green. Sometimes yellow, too. So blue, green, yellow. I mean, I find their wings to be really fascinating. That they're, They remind me of leaves and how veined they are. Does that serve some sort of purpose or is it just strength? It's, it's all just strength. Mm. But the the wings are cool because sometimes they're clear and other times they have colored in sections. Depending on what kind of dragonfly it is. Or yeah, like the, the jewel wing damselfly sometimes have like black wings and they're very cool looking with their brightly colored bodies. Once again, we're back at a bug that is just so beautiful. Like I want to take it apart and put it on my clothes. <laughs> I want to wear the bug. I want to wear the bug. I want to be the bug. Some some D&D enthusiast can tell us exactly what spell might approximate giving yourself dragonfly wings. Some kind of fancy flight, I guess. I like D&D and I've played for a long time, but I'm not very good at that. I, I'm not at that point where I know all the spells and stuff. The, the part that turns me off D&D has always been the amount of math you have to do. <laughs> Which is why controversial opinion i think e5 is good for the brand because i think it makes it more accessible to more people which well, i know some hardcore people are like e5e whatever they want to call it it's like it's too simple now it takes away all the fun i i disagree with that statement but 
everyone likes different things, different strokes for different D&D folks. <laughs> All right, I'm just doing this dragon and then we're good to go. Sure. This dragon's kind of more Komodo dragon shaped than typical dragon shaped. <laughs> we didn't specify were made. what kind of dragon. Did not. I'm just going to have to imply his wings so that it doesn't get too messy in this drawing. Ah! <laughs> I guess that means they'd be wearing this dragon scale off of their little friend here. Well, dragons might shed their scales. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Especially if he's a weebab going through his larval stage. All right. Chunky boy. That's the dragonfly. One last little drone. Okay. I'm ready to share the black and white version with you guys. All right. Let me just hit the, quickly hit save here. It's actually black and white and magic blue, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, into the art tag it goes. We've done uh, a D&D inspired look here. They're both wearing this kind of I love it. frock. I don't know what the technical term for this shoulder covering is. Made of scales to reference their scaly little bodies. Giving them both scarves to, re to reference their, their flight powers. The blue wings. Again, I will have to ask somebody who knows more about spells than me to what sort of winged cast you could put on yourself i got a little dragon friend guess who doesn't Dragon's like a dragon adorable. friend <laughs> got goggles it. on oh it looks great little rogue dragonfly and damselfly how perfect they're coming in they're gonna steal your stuff they're gonna i, I, I don't know we might we kind of make them sound like jerks in this <laughs> they're lovable scamps so i think these are cool little little guys how many legs would you give them um five out of six i think i'm having a i think that's a hard fair i'm thinking about i'm not even sure why it's not six out of six but i think five i think i'll give five out of five out of six i think i think they're right on that cusp of that six leg because they're really cool they're helpful they don't bother me they don't try to like get in my space <laughs> they're not up in my grill but there's just something that's not quite special about them enough. They're just not quite special <laughs> enough to get to that six. That six leg. They will sometimes get up in your business, um, but they're just something you're wearing is bright and attracting them is probably what's going yeah. on. But they don't they don't bite or sting. They're harmless. Yeah, which makes always a favor for me. I like <laughs> it better when they don't bite or sting. Yeah, I'd, I'd say five. Five out five. of six legs. We're, we're in agreement. They're, they're good bugs. Definitely good, beneficial to human bugs. 100%. So if you've liked this uh, dragon D&D inspired character, let us know if you want us to diverge into more different kinds of heroes, including D&D, including uh, maybe something we haven't thought about yet. We typically do the comics just because that's kind of where we started from and where our backgrounds are. But if you've got a great idea for a different kind of hero, let us know. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, Go out there and spy some dragonflies and know that they are different from damselflies. Don't be like me. <laughs> know that they're two different things. All right. Thanks, guys. Bugs Need Heroes is created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman. Hosted by Amanda Allen Nide and Kelly Zimmerman. Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad. Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. All art is provided by Amanda Allen Nide. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out on bugsneedheroes.com for the visual companion to our episodes with the artwork of the bug-related heroes. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, and subreddit under the Bugs Need Heroes name. Thanks for coming by.
time to go so I don't get eaten by a predator. 